You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks. We are here. We're going back to TV world. Halloween is behind us, and we're going to be looking at something almost more scary, superheroes that are running wild. That's right, folks. We are looking at The Boys Season 2, and it's going to be a boatload of fun, more fun than arm wrestling with Homelander. It should be a lot of fun to do this. And speaking of somebody who has experience with wild and crazy superheroes, let's welcome to my co-host, Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. How are you this week, my friend? I am peachy keen. Everything hunky-dory and I can't cheeky believe world? we're in November already. It's crazy. It felt like <laughs> Halloween was months away, and we just flew through that real it's, quick. I mean, uh, and the good news is that means that there's only two months left in the year. Yeah, I know, but they could but the be... The bad news is that there's still two months left in the year. Yeah, I was about to say, because twenty, <laughs> you know, 2020 is the worst five years of my life right now. So, so. I think it's, it's kind of tough. But, you know, hopefully it's better for you guys at home. Please let us know how you guys are doing. Write us a feedback at earthstation1.com. We would definitely love to hear from you guys. How's it going? How's it hanging? You know, or did you guys survive your Halloween? Did you guys even do Halloween? We'd love to hear some stories. We'd love to hear some what you guys did. Please write us. We definitely would love to hear from you. Of course, you know, we'd. We're not above begging on the show. Please, you know, let your friends, let your neighbors. We know you're listening. Obviously, you're hearing us right now. But let your friends and neighbors know about Earth Station One. We're up on every social media you could think of. You could also listen to us on any media player also. And, of course, as we've been like to say, we are now up on Amazon Music. So you could just go, hey, Alexa, listen to the Earth Station One podcast on Amazon Music. Thank you. You're welcome. You know, it's always great to be able to do that to you guys. We definitely would love, you know, more people to listen more. That's how we get the word out about Earth Station One is word of mouth. And people have been doing great over the years. People have been like singing our praises and you know, going, hey, Earth Station One's awesome. This is great. This is blah, blah, blah. But you know what? We need more. We need more listeners. We need more people listening. We need to get the message out. We've been doing this almost for 11 years now, folks. And, you know, I'm feeling old today. So I had too much Halloween, let's just say that. So, you know, apple pie and chocolate candy, not a good mix, folks. Just trust me on that one. But it's a good thing that you guys are here with us. And another good thing is our friends at Tifosi Optical. That's right. Our sponsor for this week's episode, Tifosi Optics, is way out there. They've got some amazing new glasses for 2020. Check them out. Some sports glasses, some sunglasses, some video gaming glasses. It's pretty darn awesome. And, you know, all you have to do is go to tifosioptics.com, look at some great glasses, and if you put an ESO network in the coupon code, you would get 10% off your order. That's not bad. That really isn't that bad. And if you don't want to remember what it is, just go to the ad right on our 
ESO Network webpage. We have a ad there or on Earth Station One. On this podcast, we have a little banner ad up on the right-hand side of this podcast. So please check it out. You know, definitely would love to help our friends at Tifosi. They're a great company, great bunch of people based here in Georgia. And you know what? Definitely check them out. It's really worth it. Of course, we want to give a quick shout out to our friends also at our Patreon. We couldn't be here without them. They're the ones who pay the bills. They're the ones who keep the lights on in the office here or in the studio. Mike Gordon always needs a new tiki mug. The Patreon is going towards that because you know what? Patreon is a great thing and we have great exclusive material like the ESO Board Silly podcast, which is exclusive to the Patreon. And we have, you know, swag that you can get. And we got more stuff coming in 2021. We always got new stuff coming for our patrons. And all you have to do is help out for as little as 25 cents a week. Not too shabby, folks. Please check it out. Uh, All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash ESO Network. All right, folks, let's get started with this week's show. And I hate to start it with a downer, especially with Halloween behind us now. We had a great topic for this week, but we lost a true legend this last week. And we lost Sir Sean Connery. And that is a pretty big bow. He was 90 years old. And, you know, we have Ashley, our one of our movie reviewers here to join us. And, you know, she probably is more used to seeing Sean Connery as, you know, Indiana Jones's father and items like that. But, you know, it's it's great that she's here. Mike, of course, is a huge fan. And if you go all the way back to Earth Station One, episode 277, back from 2015, we did a whole episode about Sean Connery. So it's pretty awesome that we, you know, the man was a true legend and, you know, both to, to you and Mike, um, what are you guys, how are you guys, you know, feeling, you know, this is a pretty big one, you know, you know, this is my James Bond pretty much. Oh, for sure. Definitely one of the most iconic actors of a generation. I would say when you say the name Sean Connery, everyone thinks right away of his classic films, the kind of acting persona that he had and, I don't think we would have James Bond continuing today without him. So regardless of who your favorite James Bond is, whether it's Daniel K- Craig, uh, Pierce Brosnan, or Sean Connery, you we wouldn't have this franchise without all the work that Sean Connery did. So definitely, definitely a good time for geek fans to pay their respects because he's done, done a lot for Hollywood and film. Oh, yeah, very much so. And there's so many other films other than Bond that he did. You know, I remember The Russia House or movies like The Rock and Hunt for Red October. You know, there's so many other films that Connery did. What about you, Mikey? Yeah, um, I mean, he set the standard for James Bond. Um, I mean, he was the first the first movie, James Bond, and set the tone for everything to come. And um, I think that, um, uh, you know, our good friend, uh, the award-winning author, Bobby Nash, put it best when he did a little tribute on Facebook the other day. Uh, He said, Sean Connery was the epitome of cool, a larger-than-life man who played larger-than-life characters. Um, From immortals to adventurers, heroes to royalty, an extraordinary gentleman to the world's greatest spy. He played them all with style. Rest in peace. Um, 
I would add to that. I mean, there was great words. Thanks for that, Bobby. Uh, it is perfect. Um, but um, I would add to that, that I think the word that I think of most when I think of him is confidence. Um, he played every role with confidence so much so that, I mean, even if you take, like you said, Mike, even if you take his James Bond off the table, right? His work as James Bond off the table, you look at his portfolio and it's still amazing. Um, but the man was um, undeniable. He had an undeniable Scottish tone, Scottish voice. You knew that voice. You knew that guy. It's not like you ever watched Sean Connery in a role and said, wow, I can't believe that was Sean Connery. I mean, he always made that role his own so much so that, you know, he could play a Spaniard like he did in Highlander. He could play a Russian like he did in uh, Hunt for Red October. He could play a Greek king like he did in Time Bandits. He could play an Arab like he did in The Wind and the Lion. He could play like an American. Uh, he could play an Irishman, an Irish Chicago cop that he won an Oscar for in The Untouchables. His only Oscar is Best Supporting Actor. And yet he never changed his accent. He never changed his style of speaking. He was always, and, he, and you know why he got away with it? Because he was Sean Connery. And because you just enjoyed his performance no matter what. And he, and he owned that role no matter what he was, what he was doing. Exactly. And, you know, there's so many roles that you could talk about Connery this, Connery that. And it's just awesome. He even played a dragon. Come on, a talking dragon. Not many people could get away with that either. So. Yeah, he's he's one of the few actors, British actors, that has played. Um, I mean, we know that he's, of course, started the role of uh, James Bond. So that's a, a iconic British character. He's also played King Arthur and he's also played Robin Hood. Um, so, I mean, you're talking about three of the most, um, you know, iconic uh, British characters and he's played them all. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's pretty amazing, the span of his career. And, you know, he started, you know, was Dobie O'Gill, I think, was it? Wasn't that one of the first movies he did? That was his first uh, movie appearance. Yeah, he had done a lot of TV before then. And I think some theater as well. Um, so he was it was not yeah, he was not new. I mean, his first role ever uh, was in 1954. And Darby O'Gillis and uh, Darby O'Gill, sorry, and the little people is 1959. So he was working for quite a few years. Um, and, you know, it wasn't it wasn't long after that that he got, um, you know, the role of James Bond that would change his life. And let's face it, the life of pop culture, like it changed pop culture, like when he got that role. And mm -hmm. uh, Very I mean, much so. it, as Ashley pointed out, Bond, the characters are actors who play Bond still are in Sean Connery's shadow. No, of course. Every every person who plays James Bond, the shadow of Sean Connery is over him all the way. You know, Daniel Craig has already said this, this is his last time going out as Bond. So whoever replaces him, they're going to put him up not against Daniel Craig. They're going to be putting him up against Sean Connery. Yeah. And that's a and big statement because Sean Connery hasn't been James Bond in over 45 years. So uh, it's pretty amazing. 1983. I don't count that one. So <laughs> that, 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 that one doesn't count. So <laughs> Ashley, are there any roles outside of James Bond that uh, you um, 
you know, uh, would would remark as as standout roles for him? Well, uh, some of my favorites were, of course, his appearance in Indiana Jones. And I think it's easy to kind of take that one for granted. as like, oh, it's one of everybody's favorite Sean Connery movies. But what I like about that movie is that he at least appears to be having such a great time acting with Harrison Ford and going on this adventure and being part of this franchise. I don't know what his actual experience filming the movie was, but it looks like he's having a good time and just really enjoying it. And he always comes across with a certain like dignity and screen presence. And again, like the hunt for red October is another one of my favorite Sean Connery films he just does a great job commanding the screen when he is on it and even movies that are not as popular I don't think the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was reviewed particularly well but that's a film that I enjoy and a large part of that is because of Sean Connery even if the movie surrounding him is not always the best I feel like he always elevates the film by his performance and the fact that he's in it he like you said he's confident and he takes his work seriously Mm -hmm. To to your point of uh, his role in Indiana Jones as Henry Jones, uh, Doctor Henry Jones, it almost seemed like that was a passing of the torch. Yes. Oh, very much so. You could totally see that too, and the chemistry between him and Harrison were awesome. And you know, he had a big sense of humor even about himself. And you know, even I know he was a fan of the Saturday Night Live skits that they did with Jeopardy. And he got a chuckle from those. And so it's pretty awesome that he did that. And thank goodness, you know, we got Sean Connery. And, you know, I'm going to probably this weekend go out and watch some more James Bond or I'll watch Time Bandits or I'll watch Hunt for Red October or I'll watch, you know, I was thinking we should do The Rock because that's an unofficial James Bond movie anyway. So, (laughs) so even though it has Nicolas Cage in it. So it's not too, too bad. Yeah. Usually for, you know, when something happens like this, I usually come up with a, like a movie marathon list myself. And I've just sort of come off of within the last year watching um, all the Bond movies. Uh, So rewatching them, I should say. And, uh, and I just, just so happens. I just rewatched Marnie, um, the Hitchcock movie that he did um uh, about last month so i'm really hoping that you know turner classic movies or somebody steps up and does some movies or shows some movies that maybe are more little known um but uh i would say to me his best performance that i've ever seen him in is uh in the man who would be king from 1975 that role uh he acts he's he's with uh michael caine and it's just a, an amazing performance. And he really, I think, stretches himself in ways that you don't really see him do. Um, so I, I would definitely, I want to rewatch that one as well as, you know, pull out a lot of the other ones. Nope, exactly. So definitely, you know, check it out. And it would be behoove you to take in some, you know, Sean Connery, definitely. And big thank you, Sean, for everything you did. You taught me cool things about jetpacks and lasers and, you know, all shaken, not stirred. So it's pretty cool. And, you know, if you want to hear more of us talking about Sean Connery, like we said, check out Earth Station One, episode 277. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back in a minute and we'll be ready with Patrick Carney in the Geek Seat. 
Ashley Pauls with this week's box office buzz. I'm excited because it feels like even though we had a lull for a little bit, there's some fun new stuff coming out on streaming services. So let's go ahead and dive on in and talk about some of those. Of course, one of the biggest geek topics on streaming this week is the new season of The Mandalorian from Disney+. Plus. I've watched the first episode of the second season two times already, I have to admit, and it might actually be my favorite episode of the series so far. It felt extra epic, extra cinematic, and I love that they leaned so, so hard into the Western underlying theme of the series. It really felt like you were watching a Western that just happened to be set in the Star Wars universe, and I would have gladly watched an expanded out feature film version of that. So hopefully... That episode is an indication of the great storytelling we're going to see from The Mandalorian this year, and I cannot wait to see more. Another new streaming series I'm looking forward to checking out is The Queen's Gambit, which is a miniseries on Netflix about a child chess prodigy. We also have a new season of The Crown, which is Netflix's popular series about the British royal family. And also cheesy feel-good holiday movies are a admitted guilty pleasure of mine. So Netflix is going to be dropping quite a few of those in the coming weeks. These movies aren't great, aren't going to win any Oscars for acting or screenwriting, but especially in a crummy year like 2020, sometimes you just want a fun, silly holiday movie with happily ever after. So even though movies uh, look to be staying away from the theaters for the time being, streaming is going to offer us plenty of new fun stuff for the holidays. And that's it for my entertainment buzz this week. If you're looking for more content, be sure to check out my blog on the ESO podcast website. The next evolutionary leap in the Thunderverse has arrived. The Ring of Thunder is a whole week's wrestling in a half hour. What? The Ring of Thunder is a whole week's wrestling in a half hour. What? Every show. What? 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 You come up around here wetting in sexy Thor's yard like he's anything but the hammer swinging, burrito eating, mic blazing, marking out but never tapping out Lord of Thunder. Like you would do anything but sit down, open your ears, and take in the Ring of Thunder wherever you find your podcasts like you would find any other podcasts in the Thunderverse or the ESO Network. Hey everyone, welcome back to Earth Station One. Now we are here with actor Patrick Carney. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Welcome, welcome to the station. Um, for those people who may not be familiar with you or your work, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm an actor and I'm a producer. Um, I've been acting now for, well, I, I started a musical theater about, uh, about 12 years ago now. Um, but yeah, so I've, I've, I'm an actor, I'm a producer, I'm starting to get into writing. Um, and I've been doing film and, and television for the last, uh, I don't know, maybe five years. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that, that's my gig. I know that that's a, you know, it's a tricky profession under normal circumstances, but certainly I imagine this year has been amazingly challenging. Yeah, it's been tough. Um, I've actually had, I had three projects get pushed. Um, two of them got pushed to, well, four, two of them got pushed to next year. Um, I had one that got pushed just to later in the fall. We were supposed to film in the, in the middle of the summer and got pushed to September. And then, um, yeah, and then I've got one that, that got pushed to, uh, 
to the the early beginning of this next year. So we'll see, we'll see what, it, you know, what happens. Um, yeah. But luckily I've been able to do a few projects in the meantime and um, you know, and still, you know, still be able to work. So I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks like so far in your career, you've done a variety of uh, genres. Like you're, I mean, you mentioned that uh, you've done some musicals, right. And uh, um, science fiction, horror, drama, like you're, is there anything that you, are you just open for everything or is there anything just particular that you like would like to focus on? No, I'm, I'm pretty much open for anything as long as it challenges me. Um, You know, I've, I mean, I've played a cop, many times because I tend mm-hmm. to uh, be able to um, fit the look of that role pretty well when I'm clean cut and everything. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I've, I do want to get into, into some comedy. Um, you know, I, I did some, I did some comedy back when I was younger doing in musicals and all that stuff. And that was always fun. Um, so I, and there hasn't really been too much of that coming down the pipeline um, lately. So I'm, I'm hoping that, can do something with that. And then, um, and then also I want to do, I, I really want to do a war film. Uh, that's, that's kind of my, that's specifically like a world war two war film. That's, that's, that's kind of my, my goal. Um, at least, you know, in the forefront. So, um, and, and that's pretty much primarily your acting um, when you're producing, is there something that you look for? Are these projects that come to you or you originate? Um, they're usually projects that, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty new into producing. So, um, but, but typically they're projects that I get involved in pretty early on in the process. Um, there, there was a short film that I did called ever after that I came on pretty, uh, pretty late, pretty much just like just before they started shooting. And I, I just helped with, with some of the promotion of that and helping making sure that the set and everything ran smoothly. But, um, but I, I like to be, I like to be involved in as much as I can just because I just love the whole process of it. Um, and with the times it can be very stressful. It can be very, you know, I want to pull my hair out. Um, but it's all part of it and I love it. Um, you know, if I can be, if I can be involved in the creative aspect of, um, you know, from while the script's being written all the way to, all the way to shooting. That's yeah. Then I'm good. Uh, and I'm, I'm learning the business side of it as we speak, uh, you know, with, with the producing of, of locker 42, which is my next project that I'm producing on. Um, I'm, I'm one of the executive producers on that. And I'm right now we're in the process of trying to find our funding, uh, which, you know, is the hardest part <laughs> of, of that's a whole and, nother beast on itself. Literally. Yeah. Yeah, that's and especially right now, you know, because we were originally going to be trying to uh, get our funding in the spring and then we were going to film this summer. Well, we didn't really feel good about going to people who had just lost their jobs saying, hey, (laughs) do you want to, you know, pitch into a movie? So, um, you know, so we're we delayed some things for that reason. And um, and now we're, you know, you know, now we're pushing to really try and get that, uh, get that funding so we can film hopefully in quarter two of next year. Nice. Nice. Um, are there projects that you have that are, are pretty new that have come out recently that you want to sort of, you know, let people know about? So, um, I actually, I've, there's some projects that are coming out, coming out okay, uh, very shortly that, uh, that I will plug, but there is, there is a music video that I'm, 
um, that I'm in as well as uh, featured on the song. Um, but I can't say too much other than that um, <laughs> for right now. But there is, uh, there's also a film that I just wrapped. I just did a quick two-day shoot for um, called Good Thief. And that with, with Lance Colas. And that was that. I'm, I'm really excited to see, uh, see what happens with that. But the one project that I can really, really talk about is Project Horror. It's a, it's a short film. Um, and I'm play, I play this, this uh, character. His name's Agent 2 and agent one and agent two there's a there's a lot of mystery behind them um because they show up at a crime scene and, and um they speak to somebody um she's like the only survivor of, at the crime scene and so they speak to her and start basically going through all the questions that a detective would but you come to find out that they're not really detectives they have a different agenda um and so it's a really really cool really really cool it's a different take a very different take on a horror film than i've ever seen um and i'm I'm very very interested to see the reaction when that comes out uh, i've already seen a cut of it and it's it, it, it's damn good so um <laughs> yeah so i'm hoping that uh I'm hoping once it's finished and polished up then yeah it'll be good yeah and that one's currently in post-production it is yeah it's um it's gonna be I mean, like I said, there's there's uh, there's already a, a a cut that he's um, that that Rob E the the director that he's made, mm-hmm. and so now he's just doing some final final touches, and I'm not exactly sure when that's going to be coming out, but I do believe it is shortly. So, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. And and as far as anything that uh, you want to point to, so if people who are listening to this want to check out you and something that uh, they can see, what what would you recommend that they go to? Yeah, go to um, go to my IMDb page. You, you can find me on there, Patrick Carney. I'm the on the first one that pops up, um, and then also my I keep everything most on my Instagram. Um, so that's at pharns one nine four p h a r n s one nine four, and then also on Facebook at official pharny. Um, I'm on Twitter too. It's the same thing at pharns one nine four, but I don't I don't really use Twitter all that much. Um, Smart man. But, <laughs> What's that? Smart man. Yeah, yeah. I, I even Facebook is starting to is starting to kill me. So I'm, you know, but yeah. So that's where I, I have all my all my updated stuff on there, and um, yeah, that, that's where you can check me out. Awesome. Well, we will have links to those in our show notes, so people can just click on those and go right there and check you out. Uh, but I think Mike, I think he's ready ready for the for the hard questions. Oh yeah, you've been just asking him so many softball questions so far. You know, just get him warmed up, right? I will, I, say, I will say with these questions, I just briefly went over them because I wanted I wanted it to be organic. I wanted it to be so I got an idea, but you know, I'm ready. Could go it. either way, right? It could go could either go way. way. <laughs> okay, you know, people have you know walked out of here in tears. Other people have been like fist pumping <laughs> themselves. You know, yeah, I did it. You know, so this could be interesting, Pat, to see where you oh, got oh, you end up. Oh, oh. I go with the latter. So I hope so too. I really hope so. Cause you know, that time we had Jim Carrey, he was in tears. It was just like, <laughs> no. well, so, I'm all right. I'm doing all right. Oh yeah. You definitely, I think you have a good shot at it. All right. <laughs> you ready for your first question in the geek seat, sir? I'm ready. What was your favorite geek out moment? Ooh, like I'm sitting there just like, Ooh, like that. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, 
Yeah. Um, I, it, could, okay. it could be about whatever you want. It doesn't have to be just nerdy, dorky stuff. It could be, you know, people geek out about movies. People geek out about art. People geek out about sports, you know, nature, you know, whatever. Right. Well, um, I would say this probably is a, a nerdy answer, but I don't care. That's okay. We won't judge. Avengers Endgame. Okay. Avengers Endgame, when all of them come together at the end, just before they go out and fight, and Captain America says, Avengers assemble, like, and then they hit it. Oh, man. Gave me chills. It gives me chills every time I see it. Oh, that was pretty awesome. That, yeah, comes up, that, that movie comes up quite a bit. Yes, it does. <laughs> you know, I th- actually, okay. since since that movie came out, I think that's our number one answer. To yeah, no, it's only been out what a year, uh, yeah, so, a little over a year, and it's already like yeah. It almost feels like it was five years ago, right now. But yes, it was only yes. a year. So, yeah. what was your most disappointing geek out moment, though? Most disappointing geek out moment. Um. Oh, okay. I would say the Floyd May the Floyd Mayweather and the Manny Pacquiao fight. Oh, I was, really? I was going into it, and I was like, oh, this is going to be epic. This is going to be sweet. And I was so disappointed. Me and a few of my buddies got together, and we pitched in on the pay-per-view. And literally afterward, we were like, can we get our money back? Like, this sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that oh, was, yeah. That, that, that wasn't good. I wasn't a fan. No, exactly. It's like, really? Really? I paid all that money for this? Yeah, you guys are two of the best boxers, and you're just, you're just hugging each other and bouncing around on the – you know, in the ring, like go mm-hmm. at each other, man. But they both they both play defense, and I guess it was smart for Floyd. But um, oh, I know. What geeks you out the most? What geeks me out the most? Yeah. Hmm. I would say a lot of my answers will probably pertain to film. That's just okay. Nerd, just because I'm a nerd about you know i'm kind of a cinephile but i would say what geeks me out the most are this will be very vague moments where like and i guess kind of in it could pertain to the marvel stuff or it could pertain to like lord of the rings or it could pertain whatever where you can tell there's a build-up throughout the movies you know as they go on uh, and like each movie continuing that build-up to the next one until you get that moment, you finally get that, like that climax of the entire plot or the character's story arc finally comes to the point where, you know, that was, that was the point you're trying to hit when that is executed properly. Yeah. I'm all about it. That's my, that's it. No, I totally understand that. That's a good one. But what turns your geek off? Cause we heard what, turns it on let's hear the opposite side of that i would say when when films not even films i guess um but i would yeah i would say so when when films when they start to uh you know when there's so much hype about around the movie and the trailers are really really good good you know it's say it's like a comedy and then you go and watch the movie and they put all, literally all the funny parts in the trailer and mm-hmm. the whole rest of the movie's garbage. That really pisses me off. Like I get, I get, I get obnoxiously upset <laughs> at 10. I'm like, I, 
yeah that that bothers me some of my favorite parts of going to the movies was always used to be the trailers and you know now when they put almost the whole movie in a trailer and it's the best part it's just like oh dude why did i waste you know whatever you pay to go see a movie or whatever you know and when you go see a movie yeah yeah well and and also i mean i think that's why i love christopher nolan so much uh he's my favorite director because Mm -hmm. oh sure all of his trailers, you watch a trailer and you're like, I don't know what the hell just happened. Mm-mm. Right. But then, and then you go, and then you start to think like, Oh, man, yeah, I think I got it. I think I got it. And then you go see the movie and you're like, Nope, that wasn't even close. You and know, you watch the movie that, and you're like, I don't know what the hell just happened. Yeah. <laughs> Half the time when watching one of his movies, it's like, I think I might need to watch this again. I must In a have good way. In a good movie. way. I'm yeah. a Nolan fan too. Yeah. 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 I'm still trying to dissect Tenet. I finally got to see I, it. Oh, I never went to go see it because I'm not doing the theater. I'll wait till. But I heard it. It was amazing. But people were mostly going, "What?" So yeah. I'm still trying to piece it together. But it was. Oh man, it was good. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. What fictional character would you like to meet the most? What fictional character would I like to meet the most? Yeah. Hmm. Um. That's a good one. I, I would to say. I think I would say Captain America. Hey, I mean, he'd be a not great a bad guy. answer. Not a bad answer at all. He'd be a great guy to meet. Okay, what fictional character would you not like to meet? Um, I don't think I'd like to meet Freddy Krueger. Okay, it yeah. might be it might be kind of a a disappointing ending to yeah. for you. Day. Yeah, exactly. It'll be a once in a lifetime meeting, but that would be it. Yeah, 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 man. Once in a lifetime. That's what is your favorite geek word, phrase, quote, or pose? My favorite geek pose or phrase. Mm hmm. I would have to say um, I'm a big fan of Dazed and Confused. So I would say, all right, all right, all right. All right. I just heard an interview with him on Mark Marin. It was awesome. And he was talking oh, yeah. about that. So yeah. That, that's yeah, what people associate him mostly yeah. with, you know. And he said he only said it once in a movie, you know. <laughs> it's yeah. Like... yeah. First three words I think he ever said on film. That's mm-hmm. so it's, it's exactly. literally always what he says every single time somebody brings it up. He goes, First three words I ever said on film. <laughs> exactly. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Just think that could be you. You know, sometime, you know. I could have my own. I could have my own catchphrase. Exactly. And, <laughs> and we could say we knew him before the catchphrase. It's pretty yeah. awesome. So yeah. it's pretty awesome. What is your ideal geek occupation? My ideal geek occupation. Hmm. I think it'd be really cool to be like a professional video game, like a video gamer. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be fun because I, I mean, I always play, I always try to play some Xbox with some of my buddies and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and the people who are just like beyond good, make millions and millions of dollars every year, just playing video games. Like, Oh man, that'd be sweet. You know? That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. What geek occupation would you not like to do? I wouldn't like to be a dentist. 
Oh. Okay. You don't want to stick stick your hands in people's mouth and everything? Yeah, I don't want to be in people's mouths. (laughs) And I love my dentist. He's a great guy. (laughs) But, you know, it's just, I don't know, man. It's, 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 yeah, it's not for me. Yeah. Our poor dentist in our neighborhood always gets egged at Halloween because he's the one who gives out the toothbrushes instead of the candy. You got to know, man. You got to know what's coming. What are you doing? Jeez. Oh, I know. I know. It's like, I always feel bad for the guy, but at that point he's doing it to himself though, you know? So, <laughs> and I can't help it. I like giving out eggs to the kids. So, you know, just go down to the, <laughs> you would think it would be in his best interest business wise to give out candy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Drumming up business right there. Come on. Exactly. You know, the you want kids and I'll see you next month. Exactly. Here's this really hard candy too. chew on it. You know, <laughs> just yep. don't take the pop rocks and the Coca-Cola together. That's all we have to yeah. say. Yeah. You give the, you get the package of pop rocks and a business card. Exactly. Right? It's always good. Yeah. Have the oh that's awesome. Have a packet of candy with the on the back of it, your logo and your for the <laughs> dentists on the back. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's smart. Yeah. Either either that or a weight watchers, you know, card or something on it too. Yeah, if you work there, yeah, that would work mm-hmm. too. Exactly. All right, Pat. Are you ready for your final question in the geek seat? I'm ready. Lay what on. is your ultimate geek fantasy? My ultimate geek fantasy. I would say, hmm. Okay. Um, it's a tie between two. Sure. Go for it. This is your segment. One, I would say, sitting down and having a glass of bourbon with Matthew McConaughey because he's my favorite actor. That might be possible. That's really possible. Hey, one day. Um, and then two, being able to witness the time, like be on the floor playing with him the time that Tracy McGrady scored 13 points in 33 seconds to beat the San Antonio Spurs. Dude, that would have been awesome. That would have been. Okay. Those are respectable. Those are awesome geek fantasies. Perfect. I hope I passed. Okay, Patrick, I got some great news for you. Yeah. You've made it through the Geek Seat. Congratulations. Yeah. Mr. Mike oh. Gordon, tell the young man what he's won. You have won a lifetime subscription to the ESO Network. A value easily worth $68.04. Ooh, we're going up. Yes. We tell people it is station currency, and as you get closer to the earth, it does decrease in value. So um, It kind of melts uh, away. Absolutely. Patrick, it's been uh, great having you on the show. Um, I definitely want to watch out for Project Horror. That sounds really cool. I just got done watching like a bunch every October. I watch like almost two movies a day uh, for Mm -hmm. horror movies to, to stack up. So I'm a little bit horror movied out now. But yeah. I'm I'm curious. I'm reading about this one, and I'm like, oh man, I can't wait till this one comes out. Um, what else you got going on? What else you want to promote? Well, actually, um, I'm going to be well, Locker Forty Two. Um, I mean, if, if you know, if anybody out there wants to wants to learn more, to get involved, um, you know, what what's great about that film is uh, the way we're going about it is we want anybody to be able to feel like they can participate in any way that they can um you know uh, we don't want people to feel like that if you don't have 
$50,000 or $100,000 or a million dollars to put into it, that's okay. If you only have $25 or $10 to put into it, we appreciate it. Um, you know, I, I think, I think people get wrapped up in the whole idea of like, oh, when you, you know, they're making a movie and we say, well, Hey, you know, we want, uh, you know, we're looking for investors. Like, oh, I can't do that. That's just for a movie. I, I don't have enough of that, but no, anything works. Um, and then another thing I'd like to promote is I'm actually going to be launching a podcast of my own as well. Oh, uh, by all look means. Out, Mike, we, look out, Mike. We got competition. That's oh, dude. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So that'll be good. Um, you guys have any advice for me? Yeah. Don't plan on getting rich by it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, that, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't go into podcasting for the money. Yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. Do it for the love, the fun, the meeting new and great people. But no. No, you're not going to get rich. No, sorry. You might get notoriety, but that's good. Hey, that's all right. That's all right. Yeah. Well, Got to do it for the love of it, right? Exactly. I love having conversations with people, so it works. There you go. Well, Pat, thank you so much for joining us. This has been awesome. I Thanks really, really much, appreciate man. it. Absolutely. Yeah, We've yeah. got, uh, like I said, we'll have the links to your uh, social media and your website on the show notes, and people can check you out. So thanks again. And yeah, anytime we'll you want to you, you know, promote a project or anything, feel free to stop by. Definitely would love to just chat with you. And, and no more geek seat. You made it through. So hey, it's cool. You're in. You're in. You're one of us now. I awesome. It. Let's take a quick break. And we're going to be talking all about The Boys Season 2. everybody, Michelle here with an iconic rock talk show moment. The Flaming Lips have really been into the idea of space bubbles for a while now. They've had them on stage, and lead singer Harry Coyne got married in one last year. He had the concept pre-pandemic. Um, and they've taken it to the next level. A couple of weeks ago, they played a show at the Criterion in their hometown of Oklahoma City. Every member of the band had an indiv individual bubble, and they got a couple hundred more and put everybody in the audience in their own bubble as well. Um, it was partly a, a show and partly a staged video shoot, so we'll get to see this at some point. Um, while everybody was dancing in their own bubble, uh, the band did uh, Assassin's Youth and Brother Eye in dance mixes, and they also did a couple of songs from American Head, their new album. And uh, Wayne Coyne, the lead singer, said, I like the way this looks because you can get as excited as you want, you can scream as much as you want, you just can't infect the person next to you, no matter what you forget about or how excited you get. The barrier is still there. They're protected. You're protected. I, I like this concept because I pretty much live life in my own private bubble anyway. So I can see taking one to a show. I'm here for that. And recently, Harry Styles had a spot of car trouble while he was driving around. I'm not sure where this was. I'm guessing L.A., but I don't know for sure. Um, they haven't disclosed the location, but a friendly person saw this, and they knew that their neighbor's daughter, Teodora, is a huge Harry Styles fan. So they must be really good neighbors because they let Harry into Teodora's house. And Harry hung out. He fed the fish, which the fish's name is Harry, had some tea. He signed Teodora's album for her. The only downside is that Teodora wasn't home. Uh, she found out all of this later. Um, 
She, she went on Twitter to say what the note said that he wrote to her. He said, Teodora, my car broke down on your street. Your dad's friend kindly let me wait at your house with a cup of tea. I'm devastated we missed each other. I'm looking forward to meeting soon. Treat people with kindness. All my love, Harry. Tell your dad to get in touch and I'll see you at a show. So here's hoping Teodora can meet Harry one day. Um, but nice of the neighbor and nice of Teodora. This has been the Iconic Rock Talk Show moment. The blog is iconicrocktalkshow.wordpress.com and we will catch you next time. Everyone these days could use a little support and your friends at the ESO Network are no different with the ESO Network Patreon. The cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO network. Butcher, what happened? My wife, she's alive. Vought's holding the gap though somewhere. And right now, we're in a little bit of trouble. Are you fucking with us? Listen, this is a fucking mess. We're the most wanted lads in the country. We got soup terrorists. And we got no superheroes. Hi, I'm Stormfront. Who? I'm the new girl. Wonderful. What's your big plan? We'll take them for There we go. And I get my wife back. We're in. Of course we're in. We blow it up in the air. More super terrorists will come. For all we know, these maniacs could be waiting for their chance to kill us all. Who the fuck are you? I'm just trying to help. Really? How? We are in a war, but we can fight back with an army of supermen, millions strong. Now, don't be a pussy. Laser my fucking tits. One, two, three, hit it! She's got a whole army of supers. We cost them. We need more soup! All right, what do we do? We can't just kill everyone. That's exactly what we're going to do. Oh, great. Cool. Totally. One, two, three, hit it. We just need to keep our shit together. A little bit longer. Yeah, you guys go ahead. You guys go ahead. I'm good. All right. Hands in the air. Like you just don't care. <laughs> Kill. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to Earth Station One. Now we are here to talk 
all about the boys season two. We got some new friends here and some old ones to join us. Hey, everybody. Absolutely. We got some, we got some boys. We got some boys to talk about the boys. Uh, We've got with us the returning. Will Nix is back. Hello. Hello. Uh, Can't get rid of him. (laughs) You tried, Mike. (laughs) You tried hard. (laughs) Oh, I so tried. Come on. Uh, we've also got Matthew Mallett here with us. Uh, hello, hello. And Chip Johnson is here too. Hey, everybody. So, uh, so guys, I want to get right into it. Uh, the first question that I have for you, everybody here, is: um, Do you guys want a fresco? Oh, oh. Uh, yeah, dude. Worst product placement or best okay, product placement ever. ever? Here, I got one in my backpack. Yeah, I got one in my backpack right here. <laughs> I don't like that crap. I hate no, that uh, joke. After that uh, episode. After that episode, I pulled that joke on my buddy on the Zoom call. I was like, hey, buddy, what? You want fresca? <laughs> uh, um, I want to know what, first of all, before we get into it, like, what were your expectations? What did you think of season one? What do you think of the show in general going into this season? Uh, we'll start with you, Matthew. Uh, well, I was here for season one, so you all go back and listen yep. for that. Yep. But uh, I obviously, I enjoyed the hell out of the boys. I, I binged it as fast as I could. Unfortunately, they had a different schedule this year, so I had to wait. But I actually like waiting. I'll be, I'll be, I'll, I'm okay with the week by week release. It and was actually worth it. It, was, it was worth talk it. About that, because it got a lot of a lot of people were really angry about that. I was that. one of them. I'm, yeah, I was just like, I was like, no, this is the way it used to be. Come on, now. It, it, it actually it, it it made it aware there wasn't a super amount of pressure to watch all of it at once. Mm-hmm. It spaced it out. It gave me stuff to talk to with my friends about from week to week, sort of do the whole percolation, like, hey, what do we think is going to happen sort of thing. Um, and got everyone buzzing. And then, so going in, I was like, I- I'm expecting good things because I had already heard about Stormfront. Even before I, – I, please note, I haven't read the comics, so I didn't know who Stormfront was. I just heard the name Stormfront, and I was like, oh, really? Because mm-hmm. my brain immediately clicked on what that meant, and – I wanted to see where the season went. So going into it, I was eager and I was not disappointed by the end of it. I was not disappointed. I did feel the first part of the season was a little weak, little, little, little jumbled, but I think that was intentional. But by the end of it, they absolutely nailed it. Too much Billy Joel in the first four. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. It took so long to explain that. I love that. Actually. I love the whole (laughs) thing with the Billy Joel, because honestly, what was different between season one and season two for me was the pacing. Because at first, oh, yeah. I was going to be the guy that didn't like the week to week because of how season one was. Season one felt like a, a eight-hour-long movie, okay? So this one, however, had that more of an episodic tone with an overall theme, and I liked that it was paced out, the fact that I had to wait week to week to watch. So to me, at first, you know, I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to like it because of the way the first season was. But they changed up their, the way they did the pacing of the show, and it worked great. It, you didn't have to remember every exact little detail. It wasn't like Stranger Things or something like that. You you could just go in fresh into an episode and go, okay, wow, they're picking up with this. And I thought I thought the pacing was great this season. Cool, cool. And mm-hmm. what was your expectations going in, Will? Um, well, I thought it was going to be hard to top. I mean, honestly, with you know some of the stuff, the crazy, the zaniness of season one, I'm like wow, they they and buddy, they didn't wait for a minute to top that. And then the first episode of the season, of season no. two was like, wow, <laughs> okay, this is where we're going, and. I was expecting, especially the way they left right, the season one. Right. I yeah. mean, um, with all the stuff with his child, you know, with Homelander's son and I, you know, Billy the Butcher. How much? How much? How much more can we add to it? And man, did they up the load on the pressure? 
I mean, just on on the characters, the heroes, what is a villain? The whole concept of supervillains versus super terrorists or whatever you want to call you know the, the name debate. I thought all that was just super wonderful. Villain. Super villain. Super super villains. villains. Yeah, I thought it was wonderful. I just I really I, high hopes and they were met. Chip, what about you? Uh, uh, going into it, I had I don't know how many of you guys have watched because I watched it after the boys. It might have been released before. If you've seen the show Hunters, a totally different show, but they had done all this extreme stuff. By the way, if you like The Boys season two, I would actually kind of recommend The Hunters because that is it is that sort of level of bat crap insanity. Um, and but so I had kind of gone in with okay, Amazon just stop giving a crap. They don't they don't care anymore. So they're gonna let stuff fly. And I agree with Nick's. The first one felt like an eight hour movie and. This one, it felt like they went in knowing they were going to get one episode a week, so they paced it. I liked a lot of the storylines better. I liked the villain better. I thought the head of Vaught as the overall sort of, like, evil. And, and again, it was they, they managed to encapsulate something from the comics that I liked, which was the Vaught CEO being the only guy that is just never faced by Homelander, doesn't give a shit if he is in his face with laser eyes. He's just like, look, just kill me and get it over with. I don't care. And I liked that they actually gave the deep something to do instead of just having him be in Saskatchewan. Oh man, I, I got jokes. so many, so many conflicting thoughts about the deep this season because I thought they were going to go one way and they kind of didn't, didn't at all. They didn't. By the end of it, they were like, nope. They yanked it out. That's actually me right with your feet. Yeah. I will say they, they went different than I thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's that's probably the big thing of the season is storefront. Well, that in Scientology. I mean, just the you know the church's <laughs> attack. I mean, I, I thought I was like, wow, let's not uh, even try to hide. It. Yeah, let's not even try to hide it. I mean, so let's mm-hmm. let's show and again. I was, I, I was like, because what? the Church of the Collective yeah. was you know. It, you thought they were going to be the big bad the right, next season. Right. And, you know, they proved you wrong right there at the very end. <laughs> with a sw- Although we don't know necessarily what they're going to do with them. They might still come back as a villain. Yeah. We just know that they, they... They left... Okay, by the end of it, they left a lot of things open for where the series can go anywhere. Well, they also they did not give you a direction. Movies. They did not give you a lead. They're like, hey, guys, here's where everyone's going to be kind of be at, but by no means are we leading you where this could go anywhere but did you also see a potential for like a lot of spinoffs and stuff like this because you know showing the 70s time frame and what was going on there with you know with stormfront's character oh. back in the day and oh with liberty liberty yeah, yeah. I, I thought i mean y'all open yourselves up to a, a wider universe for criticism of this movement and i thought wow this is i honestly the best thing some of the best stuff i saw was this is in the face of everything that marvel has been trying to do like, you know, the buildup of the seven, the movies, all that buildup. And here it is. Bam. Anti-Marvel. <laughs> well, no, they're criticized. They're, they're satire. It's, 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 no, all that's satire. What it's what I'm talking about. No, it's not like a bad all satire. Right. It's oh, all. And, but that's what Garth Ennis did purposely yeah. when he created the boys. That, right. Yeah. That's actually one thing I did like the show better than the comics, because if I have one issue with Garth Ennis, is sometimes he's violence for violence sake. Sometimes he just likes having blood and guts for blood and guts. And the show, it never feels like the blood and guts is there pointlessly. It's always there's a reason either for making it. a point about something or it's, yeah, yeah. It, it makes a sense. And 
Oh, yeah. There's no random holes getting punched. It's, 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 ooh, I get to draw blood. Yeah, well, it's, it's explicit, whales but it's excluded. not gratuitous. Yeah, whales right. excluded. Yeah, whales excluded. <laughs> oh god, and that oh, god. that was the that was so the deeps Aquaman moment too. Oh yeah, that absolutely. Was, that was sort of like like the whale scene was just there to kind of play with the deep and play with that joke of he still doesn't get what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. Also, the tragedy of the deep. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Mike. What about you? Well, I've read the comics and, you know, I'm in the process of now going back and I I picked up all the trades. And so I'm on number five right now. And it's interesting because the show is the only thing in common with the show and the comics is the names of the characters pretty Mm -hmm. much at this point, because they've gone off in their own direction. They reference the comics. They touch on it. Hell, Frippin' Storefront in the comics is a male German Nazi right off. And it's not a hidden fact that, you know, he is what he is. And, you know, I loved how they did it in this, how they brought you know, Stormfront in as a modern female character with a history. And I thought that was really, really well done. And I will never think about the character Love Sausage ever oh. again. Because he's a major character in the comic, but he's a good guy. Interesting. That's yeah. interesting. Well, not just that, but I thought using her as a satire, you know, the satire point or just a criticism on, on Instagram influencers and mm-hmm. how that and the oh, social idea. media, I thought that was brilliantly done for political satire. Okay, I wanna, oh, that I was so well done. I, I need to point something out because this is something I thought about a week after the series was over, the season was over, and it all clicked in my head. So uh, a little bit of history uh, of sort of like some of the first people on the internet were white supremacists. They're the early adopters of the internet so that she had the ability to be the one of the most like media savvy person on of all the seven made perfect sense. That's in my head, man. That's a deep cut. Yeah, because I was like, oh, that makes sense because they're all the early adopters. They're all trying to use memes and Uh, mepes and everything about internet culture to suck people in. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the message. If you think think about it, truthfully, the early adopters of the internet always and new technologies in the internet are either the fringe groups or the porn industry. Yes, I was about to say the porn industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guarantee you she was involved with – uh, with both. radio before internet. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, I'm so, sure. I'll be honest. I did not see the Nazi thing coming. I figured they were going to stop at Southern racism. I figured that's where they were going to steer into was make her the, she was originally Bell or uh, Liberty Bell and they were just going to steer out of Southern racism. I did not expect them to go. Well, Ava Braun and, and Hitler. Yeah. yeah. I mean, part of the inner circle. Yeah. <laughs> I did not. No, I didn't see that coming either. That she was. Uh, I, I really appreciated it not because run Hitler's car, run her over with a car. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. yeah. I it, really appreciated it. And it was it. it was it was really interesting too because it showed her character, you know, with such a mixed group of people that were members of the Seven. She basically forced Atrine out mm-hmm. of oh, the yeah. Seven. And her influence, and yeah, A Train was having heart issues because of his overdose, 
And it was just, it was interesting to see how she was weaving her way and corrupting the whole seven as, you know, as it was going well, through. Well, her manipulation oh, of Homelander. I'm yeah, saying. well, ho- a Homelander, but also what she was doing at the hospital with Lamplighter. Oh, yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Continuing yeah. Mangala's experiments. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Well, exactly. Also, the CEO, I forgot his, the character's name, um, Greg, George, something? I keep, yeah. He's he's the guy from Breaking Bad, um, the, the and, actor and, from and Mandalorian. And Mandalorian. Yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. So much more. So yeah. brilliant actor. But I also liked it because he... Yeah. The, he had such a good history with Stormfront just because she was one of the first of them, but he was like this top CEO and this is their conflict. And like they both had equal, like a lot of influence over Vought. So it was like this constant push on the back end between the two of them. Yeah. Um, just real quick, I just was, uh, you know, for me, um, as we said on the show prior to we recorded, uh, you know, the first season blew me away. I, I was looking forward to the second season, but it was through life's weird stuff. I didn't actually watch it until this past week. Uh, so uh, I binged it and uh, you know, I'm glad I did because it was amazing. It was, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect uh, going into the second season, but the thing that surprised me, like, you know, the, 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 the level of, you know, um, violence and, and sex and everything like that didn't surprise me as much as how timely a lot of moments yes. in this were. And yep. mm-hmm. um, I mean, it was like they went, it, it's like they like, and so much so for this particular year that I cannot believe this was written last year. Well, like, yeah. I, cannot, I can't believe it because it just seems like either they really were like either, things are really as bad as like we don't want them to be or you know they just were really good at, at predicting what was going to happen because uh i mean i'm watching these things and it was just like stuff i'd saw on cnn like not a the rallies ago. just the rallies yeah. alone i mean yeah. and and the speeches being given and using that and using uh social media to to get people to attack and you're like okay this is hitting a little too close to home right now it, it honestly was scary at some point well, I, I wanted to point this out a little earlier. It's like Stormfront's seduction of Homelander is the seduction of fascism in America. Let me be very frank about that. And that and those rallies mm-hmm. and the wording they use, that's not that's not new stuff. That's no. old psychology. That is old rhetoric that has, was used many years ago. And so they just took that right out of the playbook. I mean blood and soil. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. 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 They t- took it right out of Nazi Germany, yes, and then also out of McCarthyism, and correct, you know, all throughout you know the the South in the nineteen sixties, they were just pulling it right out of the book. I agree yep. completely. Well, a lot of it. I mean, I mean, some of it read like some of George Wallace's speeches. I mean, some of them were you know, you know this forever now. I mean, you're waiting for you're waiting for a, a governor to, to stand up and say the things that it, it was just crazy. Yeah, and it's yeah, crazy but, to think that you know you kind of. You know, those of us think that, you know, that couldn't that couldn't possibly happen now, but yet it Watch there the it is. And it's like it and it's, it's right We're there. Not I mean, getting as, <laughs> as as outran as outlandish and as, you know, surreal as this show is, it's got this like, you know, basis in reality that's just really to me struck me more than almost anything. Um Oh god. So, yeah. Uh but um 
And, and I, yeah, I thought that the, uh, and I also didn't expect the uh, whole Scientology like angle with, uh, you know, the uh, church of that was perfect. I mean, it was perfect. It was a perfect (laughs) way to use the deep um, and even a train really. Like I just thought it was really well done. Um, And I don't know if I really want to see them again. Like they, I think they've done what they, they set out to do, which was satire them. I don't know if they're, they could do that any further. I don't think any, but it shows just like, you know, that nothing is off the table when it comes to um, what Mm-mm. they want to deal with or satirize or or target with this show. Well, I think, it, you know, it filled the gap of the evangelicals that were the first season. Like, you, it, yes. it's like it switched gears mm-hmm. and, and it's like, OK, first we went after evangelicals. So we're saying no groups off limits. So, you know, what's next? Because you also had jihadists that they, they, they were going after with some of the supervillain, super terrorists situation it's like okay no group safe from being mocked or made fun of am i the only one who completely busted up when we saw the jihadists going over the t-shirt oh, my God. oh yeah <laughs> oh i loved them for it that was immediate that was, like, imme- yes. that was immediately sympathetic you're like we need a good slogan that's what we need to do that's, what, yeah, that's, yeah. Our, that's like, our focus point right now it's a good slogan I was like, Burn exactly. truth. I was like, oh i love that and then black noir does what black noir, noir. does Oh, and that whole scene, and then the end with the doll and the kid. It was just like uh, holding it and shaking it, trying to make the kid smile. It was just like, and the kid is probably like, "What the fuck?" You know, type thing. And it's just, it's just crazy. It is, it is just. It was, it was a great opening for the series, so mm-hmm. for this yeah. season. I thought also, okay. I mean, you know, I, I'm sure we'll get to it, but the female characters, the ladies, stepping up and how they did their storyline and. Maybe yeah, give it give it up. I mean, I I, I loved it in a sense. It was it, again an homage to what Marvel had done in Endgame. <laughs> but this oh, was even it, it surpassed. Endgame. Yeah, it, it went better. It was better. It I'm saying it, it was better because they actually kicked the crap out. Of... All right, did anybody else get that? That was a JoJo Bizarre's Adventure meme thing that they did. Did everybody get that? Yes. The whole kicking Stormfront while she's down. Down. Yes. That's all. That's all. Just a meme. That's an internet meme right there. That's what they they pulled that directly. Were using it. I was thinking it was American History X personally. I, I mean, I thought that was the curb stopping the Nazis. Comics. I thought they were pulling that from the comics because in the comics, isn't it? It's the Frenchy butcher and love sausage beat him up, beat up the Nazi male stormfront as kind of a whole the Allies versus the Axis thing. And this time, I took it much more as the good female versus the bad right. female kind of deal. So they were still three soups beating up. I, I still think you're going to see that scene in, you know, to more fold with, because Stormfront's not dead, you Ooh, know. No. No, she, she is. Stormfront is coming. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're you're going to see even worse Stormfront. We got, we got Mecha Stormfront. Mecha Stormfront. Yeah. Guard Stormfront. Mecha Stormfront. What I'm actually betting on is, uh, like they did Lamplighter in the comics, she's going to end up being like zombie Stormfront by next season. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I, I'm yeah. down with that. Need a good villain. Yeah. You always yeah. need a good villain. But you're gonna you're gonna see her with the eye patch, like the male Stormfront in the comic. You're gonna see, you know, she's gonna probably have artificial limbs or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah, and so it's gonna be even worse. And you know, the the actress who was playing her did it perfectly. She uh, did awesome. I did not is... see. I did not see Kat. her doing such a good job with that uh, because I've only seen uh, her in one other uh, thing, and she was amazing. 
Aya Cash is her name. Yes. Yeah, she was great. She yeah, was she... amazing. Uh, I, so, I actually think everybody is cast really well in this. Oh god, yeah. Um, I, uh, very not much a, so. Like some shows have a weak length, and and I don't see that at all. Um, no, but, Anthony uh, Starr needs a, like an Emmy. Like Anthony Starr, <laughs> that last scene yeah, with him yeah. and and Stormfront and his kid, that man can do anything. They, I want to see him in more things. I, uh, you know, the, and I want yeah, let's, let's focus a little bit on Homelander. I mean, we've talked yeah. a little bit about him, but let's just, like, just don't, he, just don't offer him any milk. That's yeah, all. Leave mother's milk out of this. Obviously he's a big presence in uh, the first season, but I think in this season he steps up and almost becomes the lead of the series. Right. I think mm-hmm. you could argue that he's, cause everything revolves around him. Everything revolves around Homelander this season. And uh, you know, uh, and I was thinking about it. I think by the time I watched the third episode, I, it clicked with me. I said, you know, I don't think I've seen a character depicted on TV or any other media that so perfectly defines the word douchebag as <laughs> as Highland, as Homelander. Like he just completely is like the very definition of that. Like everything he does, everything he says it's just, it's crazy. Um, oh, that one scene when he was at that rally and you thought he took out the whole crowd. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Thought, yeah. You know what? He just, just, it, it was a dream. I thing, wouldn't have put it course, past it. I was going to say, like, I wouldn't have put it past him either. Like, yeah. we kind of all that thought was, that, yeah. that was going to happen. We were kind of surprised that it didn't, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, you know, it's kind of, you know, what's interesting is, you know, you're, the way we're introduced to him is in, in the first season is that he's he he's a benevolent god in the sense and yeah but and, but yet he gets angry he strikes people down and it's slowly the decay of his character in, in the first season this one just said no this guy's completely scum and he will do anything to get what he wants and i mean it was just, it, and it's but fascinating it is super fascinating because i, I want to pipe in on this one homelander by the end of it if you really every time you watch him if you take into account how he was raised which this season's a lot about raising your children and the toxicity that you take from yourself and you give to your kids and try to save them from that and all the different methods that you do to do that you in some dark recesses of your human soul sort of empathize with him later because he was raised warped because he couldn't be, couldn't relate to people a superpowers b he was raised in a lab by basically bangala by basically the worst type of people and you're like and this is why he craves the attention the adulation of the crowd because that's the only love he knows that was the that was the thing to me that really hit me this season what they did with him because you know you can go like you can just you know it's variations on a theme right what can what can he learn about himself because he's so you know douchey right um but but i think that's the thing that surprised me is that by the end of it you know, when certainly when he's talking to his son, you realize he knows. Like he, he's not surprised at who he is. He's, he's a self aware sociopath. He doesn't. <laughs> he's not fooled as to thinking that he's something else. He knows exactly who he is, mm-hmm. why he is. Um, he's a lot smarter than a lot of people. Again, in some ways, he knows himself better than almost any other character in this series knows themselves. Yeah, that's actually a good way to put it. Well, yeah, and you know, I felt for him in a couple scenes, especially like when they took him to the 
their version of Planet Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And and it took the kid, and the kid had never experienced crowds, and especially because his superpowers were starting to pop up, all the hearing and all the noise and everything. And basically, Stormfront just wanted to leave the kid there to you know get over it. But you know, I was actually shocked that he had a dad know, moment. Homelander, he did have an actual dad moment of that. I was shocked too because I thought, okay, they're going to get a complete sociopath. Then I was like, no, there's a spark humanity in him. He had he had a chance to do like you said, just go off a of stormfront, leave the kid. He's like, I got to get my son out of this. This is not the yeah. environment. Yeah, exactly. And it was just it was just crazy that he was you know the whole situation or him pushing the kid off the roof. You know, oh, my oh we've got super. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I was like, oh, this is going to end badly. I, oh, I, I knew know. that was coming. You knew he was going to push that kid off. Like it just, yeah. And and you know what what better like? But it was the tough love because, uncle because because like how many like you know we always hear about like you know when 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 Superman was first in the movies when Superman was first depicted on TV like kids were jumping off rooftops trying to be like Superman and so you've got this like they use that they tap into that I mean whenever they can they tie into these characters in unique ways and fun ways. Um, there's a lot of Easter eggs here, um, you know, and they take they take a lot of shots. I mean, we talked about Marvel, but they take tons of shots. At DC. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the yeah, Dawn of, of the course. Seven. Come on. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but with, I mean, Zack Snyder was beside himself, I'm sure. Oh, my gosh. When they when they did the pushing him off the scene, it reminded me of swimming as a kid, though. My, you know, my uncle constantly throwing oh, me yeah. in the deep end of the pool. Get in the pool. Yeah, get in the yep. pool. Or being yep. thrown in a creek. Like, you, you know, swim or die, son. You know, that's, that's your choices. So I, it reminded me a lot of what they do in movies when they're trying to get the character have his powers for the first yes. time. It's always, oh, he's hanging on a tree and he falls out and suddenly he's flying. It meant like they were kind of playing with the idea of, oh, he's going to start floating three inches. Nope. Off Face the ground. Nope. <laughs> no, he just basically uh, a possible concussion. <laughs> All yeah. right. So that's 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 and, uh, the mo- and the mother's hands were tied the whole time. Oh, my God. Because, you know, how can you, you know, Homelander can just destroy her. But she stood up, got right into his face, you know. Yeah, they didn't, make her, they didn't make her a victim the entire. She's a victim. I'm not under undercutting that, but they didn't make her seem to be a victim the entire no. run. And no, I thought that was she, well done. Yeah, she was very put in a super super duper desperate situation where this is the safest place for my son, but it's in the arms of the enemy because it keeps all the world away from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, totally makes also sense. Also, just say I love. And plus, didn't there's a lot of talk about about fighting from within. Like what was that? Fighting from like you know. What was that chip? We we didn't that didn't get picked oh, up. It's fine. I was gonna say I actually really like the fact that they didn't have a runoff with Butcher. That she realized how toxic he was as well. Oh yeah! After the to- after they really you know basically when they were laying there talking after having sex after a long long time, uh, but it was like she was like saying you know. He's a monster. These guys are monsters. She knew right there that he was not going to be a father to this kid at all. And she's like, I made a mistake. I But then I she ends up having to give it to him. I mean, it, it, it all, it's kind of, it was an odd balance. She's like, the only person I can trust my son to is the guy who thinks he's a monster. And so, I mean, it, 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 it's, that's what I have to love about the series. It never makes these black and white decisions. It, everything, you know, goes back to gray. And I thought, I thought they handled that Do- well, too. Do you think it was it was necessary though for them to kill her off? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, think I don't it's know the last where they're going lead. season three, but I, I yeah. 
I think so because it was the thing that was propelling him forward. And if you kept putting her in danger, it would become a trope and it would be it. And it's somewhat tropish here, but it wasn't like, Oh, Homelander killed her in front of now butcher's going to get revenge. Like, no, her own son who's super powered did this trying to save her. And yeah, another, yeah. Try to save her. And, and a brilliant, another brilliant acting of from Carl Urban was the moment when he's gripping at the end, gripping that tire iron. And you're like, he is going to, you know, he was going to bash this kid's brains in. Or try. But he tried. Yeah. <laughs> he probably would succeed. He probably would succeed. We don't know the extent of, of mm. the young boy's powers, but he may actually be able to do it. But there's that moment where he stops and he realizes he's not who he everyone thinks he is. I think he stops because of her. I think that's yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. promise that the promise that yeah. he made. more yeah. than any sort of compassionate reason. Well, also the fact uh, that I think, I think that's that's what he did at the end. Right. was because of the wife. Right, right, and everything. Yeah. He didn't do it for the kid. He did. He didn't do it because he wanted to do an fu at Homelander. He did it in honor of his wife's memory. But I also make the argument at the very end when he like drops off and he's like, "What did I touch you?" And he says, "Don't be a cunt." There's a bonding moment there, yes, where mm-hmm. that's a true like paternal uh sort of sort of situation there, a parental situation where he's trying to make sure this kid understands a little bit more about his situation and his relationship and who should who he's try to be, which makes me think that there is hope ultimately for Mr. Butcher mm-hmm. so that I don't want the kid to come back and until at least halfway through next season. Yeah, right. Let us have half. Season if, yeah, if at all. Him. Yeah, if at all. I, think, I don't know. But, I don't know how much of a you know factor he'll be. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what the plot is going to be for next season. But um, you know, it's certainly you know they could take a pass on him. For sure. I think. I don't know if I want to see it be based around the kid. I think. No. What you, I think what no. you see with this character with killing the, the mother off too is it's the last leash both on Carl Urban and Homelander. It's the it's the last thing that's going to hold those two from not doing something to each other. And yeah, that, that's true. And so now, all bets are off. And I, uh, <laughs> game on is all I got to say. I want to see this go down. Oh yeah, and it's it's interesting and to see how Homelander had to be tamed at the end yes. by Maeve with that video, and you know, and basically because of Stormfront and everything, they basically had Homelander and Vought by the balls you know and, I, and, and, and that being the thing that stops him his weakness yeah. is popularity i thought that was so much better than finding some secret thing that you know makes him weak or you know going to an old trope on you know on superheroes or something no no you don't want to be known as the bad guy you love your image so much yeah it's the mm-hmm. only love he knows right mm-hmm. that's and that's so his it's 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 the and thing the, and that video would have ruined him. Oh, that yeah. whole image of him. Yeah, yeah. May's character yeah, went through so much. I mean, you know about feeling sorry for someone. I didn't think you could be sympathetic to someone in the seven as much. But Maeve, what she went through this season, it's it's amazing. Yeah, I think. Uh, um, yeah, that's a great uh, transition because I was just about to. I, there's no way that we could have talked about this without. I think the sort of. Um, silent mvp of the season 
because I don't think Maeve was used very well in the first season. If I have no. a criticism of the season one, it was that, you know, that you have this character that's like, that's like, you know, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman Wonder 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 right? Yeah. And, yeah. and yet I don't think she really, you know, got to that level in the show. They had other, they had other stories to tell, but I thought that this season they gave a lot for Maggie to do. And it turns out at the end, she knows, I mean, she knows Highland, um, Homelander better than, anybody she knows exactly what makes him tick even more so than stormfront who thought she did mm-hmm. well stormfront thought she was getting a loyal soldier that you know kind of a captain almost captain america out of him you know captain nazi is going to do everything she tells him to do and instead well, it, yeah uh, also another point out and this was pointed out when i was after i realized stormfront was a nazi it's like oh he was made by her husband or yep. like the associates yeah he's blonde hair and <laughs> Blue, Blue eyes. eyes. Yeah. Yo, big time. Oh, I was like, oh no. I was almost fully I was almost expecting her to reveal, oh, by the way, you're my son. Yeah, or right, something, right. Or something like that. Super yeah. Biologically we're yeah. related or something. Yeah. So yeah, something. exactly. You know, you know, that would have made me toss my cookies right there. But that's I, it. Have, yeah. to, I <laughs> have to give him credit too, though, because even though Homelander went for it, 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 it you could tell it wasn't his driving force. Like Yes, I mean, I was driving something among (laughs) among all the things that you can accuse his this douchebag of. I don't know if racism is necessarily one of them because he just sort of treats everybody like crap. Like, I don't think he really was comfortable. I don't he didn't seem really comfortable with the whole like white race thing. No, he's a superhero. That was an elitist choice. Yeah, he's elitist. He's classist. Yeah, he is. You're not a superhero. You're not you're not really people to me. I mean, you're not me. Yeah, you know, like basically, yeah. I mean, they they really made it a point to like you know they had that one scene where it's like the only one he loves is himself. Right? Well, exactly, and they tried pulling that, and he tried pulling it on the head of Vought, if you remember. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he tried saying, you know, what's going to stop me from tearing you apart, and you know, just taking over this company and being totally in charge, and he, nice and calm. The other guy was like, well, let me tell you. And he put Homelander in his place. Yep. Boom, boom, boom. Just like that. Yeah. And whenever whenever the human characters stand up to the supers in this series, it's always, you know, a, a pretty kick-ass moment. I mean, I guess, I guess, I don't know if we feel for them because they're human and we just sort of like can relate to that, but it seems like. Those are really uh, hoorah moments. Uh, mm-hmm. Whenever, no. even if it's a, even if it's a bad guy, because we're like, yes, it's kind of cool that the humans have a chance in this world. Well, the fact that also you don't that know who—I mean, it almost had a Battlestar moment where you don't know who's a super and who's not, especially at the end. And I think that was important. You know that mm-hmm. the, the, behind the scenes, we're still being manipulated. Yeah, yeah Chip, what did you? No, I was just saying in the comics, I like that they, they, because in the comics, it's, they're basically not Homelander power levels, but they're all kind of given superpowers. So a lot of people have kind of pointed out that can kind of make a mixed message when this whole comic is sort of poking superheroes in the eye, but the guys you're following are essentially superheroes. They're just big guys. They're wearing trench coats instead of capes. And the fact that it made them all, they made them all human. So the whole, is sort of it, it is much less one super team fighting another super team it is much more of humans actually trying to police the supers yeah well exactly and, and that's you know what i you were assuming basically with the series is 
the boys is the team that, you know, is there to bring down the supers if they get out of hand type thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you would like to think that at least, but, you know, most of the time, you know. The track record's pretty good to. by this point. I think the comic yeah, relief in is. this was was so timely, too, that every time it was getting super tense. Like, my favorite's when Frenchie it's try, he tries to use that bomb to knock everybody out with the drugs, and it just doesn't work. And they're, like, <laughs> just looking at him like, you said it would you work. You said it would work. I said, I said, I thought it would. I thought it would. Work. <laughs> Actually, that's a good point. Frenchie, Frenchie gets stepped up this season. And does he a ever? Good yep. deal. He oh becomes, yeah. He becomes he becomes almost better than Huey. Sort of starts becoming sort of the heart and soul of the group because he's trying to reach uh, Kimiko. I think that's yeah. her name. Yeah, Kimiko. He's trying to reach Kimiko and try to to bring her into the fold and really try to relate to her. Um, and I, I, I. I couldn't believe I was riveted, but I was riveted for it. I was oh, here yeah. For it. But you also had to fr- see Frenchie swallow his pride to have to work with Lamplighter. Right. Oh, that yeah. To, you know, after the whole thing with that storyline. Can, can we talk about how disappointed I am that they got rid of Lamplighter? Because I was like, this story is so good. It's so rich. And, and damn it, he killed himself. Yeah. Yep. Well, I thought, um, I, I think, you know, it's interesting we talk about, you know, characters who weren't as much, and I'm not, again, I thought he was still great in it, was Huey's character didn't do as much nearly as the first season. You kind of, we, we, we let every, all the other boys kind of develop, and mm-hmm. I thought... Well, they, it, it, well, they had to, but right. there was also a power struggle between Huey and Butcher, right. too, mm-hmm. in this, because, you know, you didn't even see Butcher in the f- whole first episode no. until the very end, and, you know, and... Huey kept on saying, no, we're not going to call him. We're not going to contact him. You know, we're doing this on our own. And that got them nowhere. And that's when you had the first agent had her head pop. And we haven't even talked about that yet. Oh, my God. You know, that whole scene at the courthouse or at the the government hearing. It's like, it's like, man, it's like the red wedding stepped up. Right. 40 here we are here we, here we are here we are with this this major announcement that's about to happen that soups are going to be exposed all their bads about pop 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 and you go then what's her motivation because we know we find out later who it is you go what's her motivation for wanting to keep this secret when she was about to get what she supposedly wanted it, it, it's amazing she was taking she took out all the major players in the end yeah pretty much it's about control yeah that's it yeah, Chip, go ahead. Uh, sorry. No, it's it's all about control. Vaught puts her in as the looking for the truth agent so they can control what gets out and mm-hmm. that's, what gets that's a possible like I said, it So did anyone suspect her before this? No. I did. I only only for a second, only during the court scene because of how convenient it was where she was sitting. There was no reason her for her head not to explode. Yeah. So I thought that's but when I was it, like, eh, maybe her. But it was it was amazing because you ha- she it looks like and you know going back because I watched that episode twice right. after you found out the secret that it was her that she has to be staring at the person yep. for her powers to work. Yes, make eye contact. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of like Jericho in the New Teen Titans. Yes. <laughs> back, you know, you know, type thing, you know, contact. Boom, your head's going to explode. Type thing. That's why she was standing outside the fence of the house at the very end where 
the leader of the church, you know, was about to open a, he popped open the fresca and, and so did his head. head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that time it was just perfect. for fresca ever, by the way, at the end. So. Also, by the way, uh, Deep is screwed because he's the last person to see him alive. Uh, I saw that. I was like, yeah, but deep is screwed no matter what. Yeah, that's true. He's becoming the perpetual punching bag of the show, and I actually love him for it Um, because he can never get above. He can never he can never get his head above water. He's the B-lister. He's he's that constant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And that conversation he had with his gills. Come on. Oh, my God. Oswald, you you could be my gills. gills. Yeah. What well, when I saw that I was so like, surreal. "What the f- sweet fuck am I watching?" Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> My girlfriend has never seen a single episode of The Boys, but during that scene where he's talking to his girl, that's when she chooses to walk in and watch for a few minutes, and she's like, "What the hell?" She thought I was watching something by David Cronenberg or something. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> David Lynch. Awesome. This is David Lynch Eraserhead level. You know. Kinda. She's like, "What? This is the yeah. weirdest." I'm like, "You don't even know that." Actually, for The Boys, that's one of the weirdest things. Like yeah, literally yeah. in my list, that's one of the weirdest thing they've done on that show. Yeah, but okay. How about the mocking of uh, Hawkeye? I mean, honestly, with that character, <laughs> I mean, I was oh. like, that's me. That's <laughs> the, the running out of yeah. arrows. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Green arrow. Yeah, and green arrow too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> it 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 mocked all the archers out there, and yeah. it was it was just so well done, and. It, the whole thing with the church and then the guy, you know, wait, he's my friend. Oh, but he's no longer part of the church. He can't be your friend anymore. Didn't you notice he's corrupt and blah, blah, blah. And yes. Like, yes, I did. Oh, <laughs> that, that was so Scientology. It's yes. not even yep. funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I, I mean, I did love his major complaint about his wife at the end and she gives terrible blowjobs. <laughs> like, that would be the thing he focuses on. Oh, yeah. Of course. Right. Like, oh, yeah. He has through all the things he's gone through, he still hasn't changed. He's okay, still the yeah, same. Yeah, no, no. That's, that, that's the problem. I thought at the end of season one, I was like, okay, in season two, they're going to do a cool redemption story for Deep. Nope. He's going to come back, and they're like, Deep, you dumb. You just straight dumb. I yeah. think. I think the beauty of the Deep is that the irony of his name is really like he's the most shallow, shallow human being yes. on yeah. the planet. Yes. <laughs> well, he just doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. Like he gets very close to like revelation, but it never sinks in. Yeah, there's no um, epiphany. <laughs> sorry, I could go all night with these. Oh, and it was great. You know, A Train, you're back into the seven. Deep was like, "What about me?" It's like, well. <laughs> well. I can only do so much. I can only do so much. I mean, yep. They only had one spot. Which is weird. They said they only had one spot, and I'm kind of like, I've kind of lost count. I'm counting. Yeah, there's all left. Seven or like, aren't aren't there like only four or five that are active? Uh, They're working on a roster. We actually that'd be a cool plot line for next season where they have to bring in like four more, three more new auditions. Yeah, like auditions. Soldier Boy coming in. Yeah, Soldier Boy is coming in next season. Yeah, but. But it was interesting how Homelander took care of the Daredevil character. Just like God damn it. Uh, <laughs> box yeah. his ears with my exactly. super my super strength. Yep, just end it. Bam. Yeah, uh, this show doesn't mind taking the piss out of like some some of his superheroes. Yeah. Nope. Mm-hmm. Um, um all oh, right. So 
Oh, we, okay. Okay, go ahead. Go no, ahead no, real quick. Uh, um, so I forgot the character's name. The assistant. Um, the, oh, my the, God. The, yes. the, the, oh, right. The, the one who's going to be bald we going next season? To, yeah, are we going? Yeah, I'm gonna want her to be bald next season. I yes. want to know why, like I, I want them to know why because I thought that was going to be a thing, and it may still be a thing, but they never explain why. Was it just her being so nervous? She's pulling her hair out, but I think it's more than that. I think something else is going on. Mm-hmm. Maybe my Maybe. opinion. Well, that that you know that's a perfect segue because you know we're about out of time, but I can't. We we have to talk about what we want to see for season three. So, um, you know, there are some loose threads out there, of course. Um, so what, uh, what do you guys, you know, I don't know anything about what the production is. So, and I don't know anything about the comic because I haven't read it. So I, I have no idea what uh, they could be thinking other than what they're building up to continuously with season one and two. And so they have left obviously um, some things open. I think we can definitely say that, uh, 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 was it Gino Carlos, uh, Gina, uh, Gina Carlo, right? Is his name, the actor, right? That, uh, that plays the, so. uh, the head of Vought, right? Yes. Uh, and uh, so he'll be, he's still around, right? So he'll be a factor next season. Oh yeah. Well, especially because now that uh, Butcher broke the deal with him, yeah, you know, because they had it, they had a deal to give me the boy, yeah. yeah, right. And so, but you notice the boys have the group has been cleared of all the wrongdoings that they had been accused. Yeah, of. but how long is that going to last? No, I know. <laughs> but they, yeah, but they, all but they were their separate ways. But how long is that going to last? But they were hinted that you know they were going to become you know part of the FBI or whatever agency and whatever it is exactly because that's right out of the comics because that's how they started in the comics and everything as part of the cia and everything so um and we haven't we haven't yet met the main man behind bot right i mean is there still a figure in bot that we're missing i feel like that there is but i mean the founder he is dead long dead so yeah 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 um, because I is is Gian, is Stan Edgar right? Gian, Giancarlo Esposito is his name, the actor's yes. name, and yes. and mm-hmm. and yeah, Edgar is is so he's the main guy behind. Uh, mm. he has to answer to stockholders, right? That's the only thing he has. The to yeah, I think the so. Yeah. Gotcha, because he keeps because he keeps talking. Because I I kind of feel like he has to like he has to answer to somebody. Like he's not the main guy. There is still something else. So I think there's yeah. maybe a head researcher or something. Yeah, I'm that he's got a he's got a he's got an answer to somebody who's directly responsible for the V and the stuff that's going on with all of their R and D, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's uh, that's a possibility. Uh, obviously, he's going to still be around. He's still involved with Seven, so there's that. Uh, we mentioned the Congresswoman. Uh, you know, obviously, she's going to be a main factor, especially since it looks like Huey's going to be working right closely with her. Yep. Yeah. Like oh, exactly. Yeah. When- Exactly when you when you saw the signs, you know, vote for Newman. It was just yeah. like, oh, exactly. And how they pulled, you know, and they had to close the door behind them, and then just pulled back and everything. That was such a great, great scene. Yeah, this is this is one of those things of a Huey haplessly falls directly into the lion's den. Yep, it's, it's Huey. Gonna, <laughs> well, yeah, it's Huey. That's what Huey does. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's going to be interesting because I think we're going to see much more of like the government malfeasance end of it own of things, especially if soldier boy is coming and soldier yeah. boy is their cap quote unquote captain america 
pretty much. I actually think I think this season because it was like last season was Huey and Butcher. This season was Frenchie and Kimiko. I think next season they were setting up with like when Mother's Milk was talking to the lady that they were interviewing for Liberty Bell. I don't know. My personal prediction is that it's going to turn out that whatever happened with Mother's Milk's dad is going to tie into Soldier Boy somehow. That'd be and cool. And that's where that, that'd like, he's going to get sort of I'd, I'd be totally down character storyline next season. That would be interesting is. to see if they did that because Mother's Milk in the comics is how he has his powers is a lot different <laughs> than in than in the TV show. And yeah. I'm glad they yeah. haven't gone that direction. I don't think they could show it on TV. <laughs> so. Some of that's just Garth Ennis. Yeah. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. Of course it is. But I really just and, want to see, you know, for season three, is Maeve, Maeve continuing to be this leader? Like, there's this revolution. Yeah, coming her. into her own. Yeah, really yeah. a revolution of the seven into the good force that, you know, she wants it to be and the rest, you know, this kind of, you know, Homelander, not, I guess, kind of pushed to the side and seeing, yeah. uh, seeing the ladies kind of step up and re- kind of reforming what the seven is and i'd like to see that and then of course the backlash to that that'd be I think, well i even loved at that you know press conference annie was back in her old costume yeah her, yes. so yeah, much she better wearing, she looks yeah. so much better in that costume they did a great job just the actress made a good job portraying that she feels more comfortable in it but it just straight up is a better costume it is because you could see the confidence on her more because yeah you know, type thing and it was it was just awesome. And then the final scene with uh, Homelander on top of the building. Oh yeah. my gosh! <laughs> yup, yep. stuff we were supposed to see in season one, but didn't. So we got in season so, two. So there's a there's a myth, urban legend, if you will, that if you are on the top of the Empire State Building <laughs> and you drop a penny, it'll actually <laughs> kill somebody. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that actually applies in this situation, but. Probably. I thought they were going mm-hmm. for a you know Hancock moment there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, Mountaintop. <laughs> so from what oh. I have heard from the very brief thing of what they have for season three is uh we're gonna see Homelander off the chain. This I think this will be the season where he breaks, he goes full psycho, and mm-hmm. we are going they are gonna have to go kill Superman, essentially. So I am eager to see that and see how he falls. Because if the writing is as good that season season three that it wasn't this one it's gonna be such a good thing to watch does this show have a, a four or five year plan i haven't heard that i mean i was just wondering if this one had a a book like a you know like you hear mm, some, i don't know i know stranger things has one i mean a lot of these serialized kind of shows do i just just wondering if anyone knew that this one had a goal of number of they renewed for season three have they been renewed for more than that i, um, I think the there's show. a i think there's a five season plan Okay. Right now, but that doesn't mean right. Jack. You can go beyond that, of course. But but the but the ratings are doing amazing. This is oh, one yeah. of oh, the Amazon's top. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, yeah, It's one of Amazon's top rated shows. They announced season four even before season three aired. So so much confidence. It, 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 yeah. So so yeah. So season three is coming. Whenever it's going to be a while before I think we see it. So. Yep. But they've got casting down, and I think there's a lot good coming out of it. And I'm looking to see, forward to seeing what they could do. And, you know, now that we know that, you know, Blackmore has a nut allergy, it's, you know. Oh, my gosh. You know, 
We don't even know if he's still alive because Maeve kicked that pe- the EpiPen away from him. Right. You um, know? They, they, they had one line. They, yeah, they did say he was. You got surprised. one line where he's, what's, where's, what's the condition of New Orleans? He says uh, he's still in a coma. Yep. He's still okay. alive. So we yeah. know he's still alive. He'll I do want to see more of his back. backstory. I, I, I really was getting more intrigued with him as it went on. He's not just this one note character. There's something to him. So it's possible. It's possible. And also, finally, uh, don't forget season three, the return of uh, Patient Cindy. She's she's gonna she, oh, escaped from, oh, oh, she escaped yeah. from Sage Grove. She's out there. Oh yeah, she, she I forgot about her. She could crush anybody at any time. I thought um, she was. I thought she was the assassin. Yeah, that's yeah, I did too. that was, spe- I did too that was specific. Yeah. I bet you anything that was specifically left out yep. there. Yep. So you would. So you yep. would think that was her, and it's not. No, absolutely, absolutely. Well, very cool. Well, season two is in the books. Thank you guys so much for uh, chatting all about it, and uh, we'll be back with season three. Uh, is it got a? Is it looking like next year? Maybe, hopefully, right? As we all shrug, we, we don't know, but uh, whenever it's there, we'll be there as well. So, yes. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, we will be right back after this break. Close the show. Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about The Mandalorian, Episode 9, The Marshal. So, The Mandalorian is back with a new season, and if you've been paying attention to any of the info coming out about it, we are in for a really exciting season. The first episode gave us just that, especially for anyone who is a fan of the Star Wars novels, since this episode has a character that first showed up in the books, The Marshal. There are a lot of really great Easter eggs in this episode as well for those of you that just really love trying to find them in each episode. So Mando and Baby Yoda, let's face it, I'm just going to be calling him Baby Yoda, it's adorable, head to Tatooine to find another Mandalorian that Mando has been told is there. When we get there, we find out that that Mando is not exactly who he seems to be. We also get a lot of interaction with the Sand People in this episode, which is incredibly cool to me since we've only ever seen them really as villains in older Star Wars stuff. So Mando ends up helping the Sand People and the Marshal and the town that he is the Marshal of get rid of this giant sand creature that is terrorizing everyone. We also get a fun cameo from Pelimoto, who we saw last season. I love her reaction when Mando is okay with her droids maintenancing his ship. And just her reaction to Baby Yoda in general, because he's so darn cute. Overall, Season 2 has started off really strong, and I'm really, really excited to see what happens next, especially after the ending of this episode, which I'm not going to go into because I don't want to totally spoil it. Well, thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. I want to thank our guests for being here. Will Nix, Daddy to Be. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Always check me out on the geeky side with my co-host, Tyre Burton. 
anything you want to shout out about other than your podcast? Um, not really right now in COVID. It's kind of quiet and I like it that way. <laughs> awesome. That's cool. Matthew, thank you, my friend. Uh, no, guys, thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate it. I, again, could talk hours and hours and hours about the boys. Um, but if you want to hear more about me and what I do, you can check me out. at. I have a, a podcast, a role-playing podcast called Polyhedron. You can find us at, on Twitter at PolyhedronCast. Um, also want to shout out a good friend of mine. I'm also a sort of a producer slash and also performer for him. Look up Simulacra Studios or uh, or look uh, on Twitter for at Simulacra TV. Uh, that is my buddy's sort of actual play sort of network. Uh, I'm on it. We've got some of our friends. We're doing a great job. We got D&D. We got other games planned. So come check us out, please. Awesome. Chip, thank you, sir. Thank you guys for having me. I unfortunately... I'm not on any podcast or anything to shout out, though. I think I'm like most nerds. I'm just looking forward to being able to do conventions again. I want COVID <laughs> to go away. So yeah. Can yes, amen. I can do this kind of crap in the real world. Not through. I love talking to you guys, but doing it in real world would be fun again. Oh, it'd be great to be on a panel with you or something like that would be great. Oh, uh, to... panels. I remember those. <laughs> the good what are you talking about, Grandpa? <laughs> yeah. Oh. And Mr. Mike Gordon, we've made it through another one, my friend. We have, and as always, it's my pleasure. Anything you got a shout out about, sir? Yes, I want to give a shout out to Shout Factory. Um, They came out recently with a collector's edition Blu-ray of uh, the Hammer movie Brides of Dracula. And it sports a beautiful cover art by uh, our award-winning artist friend, Mark Maddox, uh, I got mine in the mail uh, this week, and unfortunately, it didn't make my October viewing. But uh, I like this movie a lot, so I'll be watching it at some point soon. Um, it's a great; it's one of my favorites uh, that Tamer did with the Dracula series, even though Dracula's not in it at all. Oops, sorry, spoilers. Um, but uh, but um, you know, uh, Mark teaming up Mark with this Hammer Dracula series is this, one of the smartest things I think that Scream Factory, Shout Factory has ever done. So uh, as long as they keep making these, I will keep buying them. Um, and uh, if you buy them early enough, you get the poster. You get a poster art of Mark Maddox's beautiful work, too. Unfortunately, the poster has been sold out as of October 30th, but you can still get the uh, Blu-ray available at their site. That is awesome. No, that's great that you you know were able to get it. And Mark Maddox is just such a gent anyway, and he, his work is just awesome very thumbs up uh my thumbs up and my shout out real quick is we've been looking for a new series to watch now that we've finished off better call Saul. we got done with you know schitt's creek we've got done with you know we're catching up finally catching up with the real world possibly maybe uh but you know we actually started watching both doom patrol and we've also started watching uh titans actually also oh very nice and uh, i'm gonna start those i soon. will listen to you guys talk about doom patrol it is my jam it is my favorite series oh doom doom patrol was is awesome i'm loving everything i'm still in the first season and i'm they're meeting the old slash new doom patrol which oh is, it gets better it just yeah. gets better oh, every single episode is oh better. It, it, it i'm geeking out and judy's like what i don't yeah you know, she's like because she's not a comic person and everything yeah. and and i'm lo- i'm geeking out totally and they dc thumbs up for 
doing both series. I was real skeptical on Titans. I was so skeptical on Titans. That, that is on my list. Titans and, is on. I haven't watched any of it. That is on my list. It is now that it both first the first and second season is on HBO Max. Check oh, it out. Goodness, I didn't realize the Titans was okay. So. Oh, and it's it is fantastic. Um, you know, I was the whole anti oh fuck Batman thing that they did, you know, for the trailer and everyone was up in arms against it. Oh, wait a minute, you know, that's that's not what Starfire looks like, or that's not what Changeling looks like, you know. And they these guys have done a great, great job. I'm loving it and thank you for everyone who pushed me to start watching these show and you know total thumbs up. I can't get enough of either one of these and I'm looking forward to getting to season 2 so we can see Bobby Nash with the uh you know the sex <laughs> cult so it'll be very cool yeah, to yeah. see. And they're both the good show especially Doom Patrol. If you like the boys and you're looking for you've got another like weird uh, you know, superhero show, not your typical superhero show that pushes boundaries. Doom Patrol is, 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 could be right up your alley. Oh, it's exactly. got the biggest heart. It's got the yeah, biggest heart. It, it, it's, oh, it's different. It's different boundaries. It's much stranger. But oh, it's, God. Yeah. It's, it's a thing of beauty. Alan Tudyk is Mr. Nobody is just <laughs> awesome. Oh, that he's just awesome. He breaks the fourth wall perfectly and it is just awesome. And then Crazy Jane. Crazy Jane is the bomb. Just wait till season two. Yep. It's even uh, better. Tease. You tease me. You tease <laughs> me. <laughs> ah, damn it. So, you know, next week we are going to be back and we have something pretty awesome. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about our favorite soundtracks oh. from, you know, from mostly movies. And we are going to be looking at, you know, we're going to have our regular music crew up here and we're going to have some other guests up also. So it should be real interesting to get, you know, different point of views. It's going to be a whole episode. No other guests. We're just talking the whole way through about soundtracks. And this is just a blast. I'm coming. I've been working on a list for like the last two weeks and I go, Oh wait, this is going to beat this. Oh wait, no, this is going to beat this. So it's going to be a ton of fun, but you know what guys, we really appreciate you guys. And thanks for listening to the air station one podcast. We're powered by NSC. You can find them at www.nsclivetv.com. Remember, you could also find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found, including now Amazon Music. So that way you can always go, hey, Alexa, listen to the Earth Station One podcast on Amazon Music. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You can also find us on Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever else you can find podcasts. Earth Station One is up there. On behalf of myself, Mr. Mike Gordon, of course. Will Nix, and of course, Chip and Matt. Thank you guys for everybody for joining us tonight. We will see you here on the Earth Station One podcast. Folks, please, with all these times we have right now, love everybody you're with. Hug your loved ones. Be friendly to everyone. Just try to take care of yourselves and those around you. It's a weird time right now. Come back to Earth Station One. This is your little rest stop from reality. We'll see you soon. Peace. You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Air Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. 
Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.